Maryland co-offensive coordinator Kevin Sumlin arrested in Florida. You are Locked On Terps, your daily podcast on the Maryland Terps. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up, everyone? I'm Trey Moore, host of Locked On Terps, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. So thank you for making us part of your day. And also video content created for 247 Sports and InsideMarylandSports.com. And this episode is brought to you by Prize Picks. Testing my skills on Prize Picks this football season is the most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. So go to PrizePicks.com/lockedoncollege and use Locked On College for a first-time deposit. Kevin Sumlin should be fired and gone after his arrest for DUI. In case you guys don't aren't familiar with what happened with Kevin Sumlin, this is basically what happened. I had to do a lot of research. I wasn't really familiar. I kind of didn't know exactly what happened. So I did a lot of research on what actually happened in the situation with Kevin Sumlin. But basically, 1240 a.m. on a U.S. Highway 301 in Tampa, Florida, he was arrested and pulled over for a DUI, and someone refused to take in the breathalyzer, which is a crime. You're supposed to abide by the breathalyzer and take it, and usually that's some type of jail time if you don't use the breathalyzer. And he was taken to jail for probable cause, and someone was booked at 2.11 a.m. and released at 8.56 a.m. So he was there for a while, and he got bailed out by with the $500 in cash and he was actually in Florida, which kind of, this is the part that bothers me the most. He was in Florida to visit a recruit that Maryland wants in Kiari James. So he was there to do business. This wasn't a vacation. He wasn't there to go have fun. We're in the middle of the season and Kevin, someone is obviously on a recruiting trip because it's a bye weekend. You know how college football works. There's That's the pain that goes with college football. That's why a lot of people say it's better to be an NFL coach because you don't got to go through the pain of trying to recruit kids and having to go to Florida and having to go to Alabama, to California one day, to fly down to Texas another day. You don't have to deal with that kind of commitment as an NFL coach because it's hard on them. It's time away from their families. It's time away from their friends. It's time away from their just own community, their own football communities and whatever school they coach in this term, in this term, the Maryland Terrapins. But everyone makes mistakes. That's a quote that everyone lives by. Everyone's heard. Everyone makes mistakes, whether you don't study for a test and get a bad grade or you get use uh, have a typo in a paper or you stay up late and sneak your phone when you're not supposed to have it or anything, anything like that. Everyone knows those examples. Everyone makes mistakes. There's a degree of a mistake that someone makes. Like this is on a higher degree of a mistake when you get a DUI charge. It's on a much higher scale than when you don't clean your bed at night. But, or don't make your bed in the morning. But, Mistakes have to be faced with a punishment usually. When you don't make your bed in the morning, you might get grounded. Or when you sneak out the house, you might get grounded. You might lose your phone. There's a hundred different situations in which you make a mistake and you receive a punishment. In terms of football, 
Whether you, if you get a targeting call in the second half, you miss the next game if you make that type of mistake. Or if you hit a quarterback maybe too late out of bounds. I saw this with the Chargers QB. Um, Justin Herbert and Tillery hit him way out of bounds, way late. It was clearly, it looked like it was on purpose to try and really hurt him. He got suspended and he was kicked out of the game. So there's different situations where in football or in life, everybody understands that when you make a mistake, you usually face a punishment. And that's kind of why I think Maryland should let go of someone. When you're a leader of kids and a role model that they're supposed to look out after, and a big theme of Coach Loxley is building character, building men, and building these guys into really good overall people for the rest of their life, people that do things the right way, people that are nice to other people, um, men that look out in the communities and do different things. But when you have a situation like this and a guy that you're supposed to look out after, um, a guy that the players are supposed to look up to and Kevin Sumlin, I just don't think it's a good look for our program to keep that guy in our program obviously he's a good football coach he's been around the block he's been in different places he's been a head coach whether it was at Arizona and coached at Texas a he's done a lot of different things and he I thought was a really good addition to the staff but when I look at it in terms of what I said about the kids and how they're supposed to look up to this guy and how he's supposed to be a role model and when you go out and recruit a kid and Let's say the parents are just researching basic what what this guy is, who just called my son, who just sent a text to my son, who who what Maryland coach is this? Who is this guy that wants my son to come to Maryland and then that's talking to my son every day that's trying to recruit me? And they just look up a basic Google search on Kevin Sumlin, it's gonna come up. It's going to come up rested for DUI. When I looked at Maryland football this morning. Almost all the stories, when you, when you click on the news page, it was basically all about this. So it's not a good look for a program when a person in power, in my opinion, makes a mistake like this and is still kind of around. And I understand everybody makes mistakes and people might have different opinions about this. But to me, it's just not something I think I want around the Maryland program. I think it could hurt in terms of recruiting, having Kids don't, parents don't want to send their kid to a coach that couldn't handle himself on a bye week for the Terps. I don't think a parent's going to want to send their kid to get coached by that guy. He's a tight ends coach also as long and a co-offense coordinator. I don't think you're going to want to send a tight end or if your son's a tight end, I don't think you're going to send him to Maryland to be coached by this kind of guy. And he's a great guy. He's a great guy off the field and everyone makes a mistake, but some mistakes are just too big to come back from and that's kind of what i think about the situation i have no idea what's going to happen after this maryland the maryland representative said there's they have no comments about the situation right now and i have no idea what coach Loss is going to do i don't even know exactly if it's higher up it's probably higher up than coach loxley um in terms of the maryland athletic administration that actually deals with this but overall for during a bye week we're in season this isn't the off season a lot of times you see players and coaches get in trouble during the off season we are in the thick of our season and we're trying to come back after two losses in a row to ohio state and illinois and an illinois team that we should absolutely 
not have lost to and an Ohio State team that we should have played better against. So we're coming off of two losses and obviously I'm perfectly fine with him doing his recruiting trip. That's what they're paid to do. That's part of what they do during the season. But for him to be off track and break the law in that type of way, when we're in season, in the middle of the season, and have a big game to prepare for, it's just not something I want around because it just shows where your priorities lay. And you can get caught up in drinking and driving and whatever. I mean, you can, those things happen. That's the reason that there's stories about it because people get caught up doing it and people make mistakes. But overall, if his priority wasn't on this kid and recruiting him and getting back to Maryland safely to get the tight ends and get the offense ready to play against a Northwestern team that we should beat, I just don't think that's a guy I want around our program. But overall, that's kind of what I think about it. Now, let's talk about something a lot more positive. I didn't really like that segment. I didn't really want to talk about that, but I knew I had to address it. But let's talk about Jameer Young, named to the Bob Cousy Award Watch List. Will Young win the award? I'll tell you after this ad from LinkedIn. These days, new potential hires can feel like high-stakes wager for your small business. You want to be 100% certain that you have access to the best qualified candidates available. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs help find the right people for your team faster and for free. A lot of people need jobs right now, and if you want to find someone amazing, to work for your company, LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash locked on college. That's linkedin.com slash locked on college to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. March Madness is right around the corner. If you want to win your office pool, you need to stay caught up with all the college basketball action with the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Every Monday, Andy Patton and Isaac Shade recap the biggest stories in college basketball, keep you up to date on the NCAA tournament bubble, and get you ready for the upcoming week of games. From the Big East to the Mountain West and everywhere in between, Andy and Isaac have college hoops covered on the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Jameer Young was named to the Bob Cousy Award watch list. But Jameer Young, I don't think will win the award, and I hope he doesn't. Hear me out. That might sound crazy. There were other big-time names on this list, including Tyrese Proctor from Duke, a guard that came back from for his sophomore season, has a ton of skill, can shoot the ball, can get to the rim, really good player, could average like 18 points per game, but that Duke team's also loaded, so who knows what he could do and how many points he could average. But he's projected to be a top 10 pick in a lot of NBA drafts, even seen him in the top five. DJ Wagner's on the list, five-star freshman. RJ Davis, who's been seemed to be at UNC forever now. I remember when he came in as a freshman, can shoot the ball, really good player overall. Maybe not high on an NBA list, but he's the definition of a really good college player and could be a really good player this year for UNC. And so there's a lot of really good players on the list. So don't get me wrong. I think Jameer Young deserves to be on this list. He absolutely deserves to be on this list. I think he should be on this list. I think he's as good as anybody on this list. And I think you could compare him to a lot of the guys on this list. I think you could say he's better than some of the guys on the list. And it's a really awesome accomplishment to be 
name to this kind of list and to be recognized before the season even starts, just going based off what you did last season and in past years. It's a really cool award, preseason award to be named to. And it lets you know that there's an expectation that I have for Jameer Young, that other people have for Jameer Young, that Kevin Willard have has for Jameer Young, that we have for him to perform at a high level because we saw it last year. We saw it a lot. And we know the things he can do. He's an all-around really good player. And Kevin Willard actually talked about how his next step is getting these guys to the next level, getting Jameer Young to the NBA. And I think he has a place for the NBA. I think he's a winner. I think he's a shot maker. I think he's a guard. It's going to be hard because there's a lot of those type of guys. There's a lot of guards that are similar size to him that stay in college for a while that are really skilled players. But I think there is a place somewhere in professional basketball, for sure, somewhere in professional basketball. But in the NBA, I think he could find a way to get into it. But I want to give you guys some of the other names on the list that have won in past years. John Morant, Jalen Brunson, Kemba Walker, three huge names in the basketball world, three huge college players that made huge impacts as college athletes and played overall really well and did some really good things in college really well. They had historic type of seasons for their college. Obviously, Jalen Brunson's on the Knicks now and John Morant, Grizzlies, and they are continue to do really good things as in terms of playing basketball in the NBA. And I want to say this. It's not out of the question for Jameer Young to win it, but the reason I don't think he should win it, I'll tell you. He averaged 15.8 points last year, 4.6 rebounds, and 3.1 assists. He needs to probably be closer to like a 20 point per game, even maybe even more, maybe 22, 23 points per game, probably maybe six, six assists, maybe five assists, and four rebounds I think will go. But I want to give you what these other guys did when they won the award. Look at Kemba Walker. Guess how many points he averaged when he won the Bob Cousy Award. He had 23 points per game. Guess what John Morant did? I'm sure you guys remember a lot of what John Morant did in his March Madness game. And everyone was talking about this guy, explosive athlete. Kind of came out of nowhere, and you're like, who is this guy? He looks like Russell Westbrook out there. He looks like John Wall out there. He looks like one of those type of guys. He's passing the ball, and he averaged 24 points. But not only that, he averaged a double-double. John Morant averaged 10 assists. So he had 24 points and 10 assists. Jameer Young has the talent to do it, has the talent to win the award. I don't disagree with that. Do I think there's other names on the list that if I had to pick, that I would pick over him? Potentially, yeah. I'm an honest man. But there's also a chance that he could definitely win it. He has the talent. He can score. He can pass. And he's a big shot maker. They love those guys to be big shot makers. If you remember Kemba Walker in college, he made some huge shots. And um, John Morant did too, obviously. And Jalen Brunson also did too. Jalen Brunson, Villanova guy, just overall the definition of just a basketball player, a guy that has one of the highest basketball IQs that you'll see overall. So, and I think Jameer Young kind of relates to Jalen Brunson in a lot of ways in terms of both are lefty guys. They can score the ball. They can get to the rim. They can do all different things. They're great teammates, big shot makers. I think he compares to Jalen Brunson in a way, but I don't think Young should win the award because I don't want him to win the war, because I think Maryland's team is too good around him 
for him to win the award. Let me explain. I rather Young continue to average like 16 points per game. Maybe he bumps it up to 17 and has a really good season overall. But I kind of want him to continue on the trajectory of averaging like 16 points per game about and let the other Maryland Terrapins that are really talented that we have around him do their things too because I think we have a really good overall team. And I don't want it to be a one-man team. I don't want it to feel like we have to depend on Jameer Young to do everything, create our offense. And the point is I don't want that to happen, and I also don't think it will happen. In terms of our roster construction, in terms of Deshaun Harris-Smith now being right next to Jameer Young and how Kevin Willard has talked about him and how he's the most talented player Kevin Willard has ever had and physically dominant right now and tough kid that can do almost everything on the core, rebound, score. We have him next to Jameer Young, who's a high-level four-star. And then you look at um, Julian Reese, who is preseason All-Big Ten. We have him going to be in pick-and-roll with – um, Jameer Young, and you look at Jamie Kaiser and Dante Scott. Dante Scott will average, average 11 per game, and Jamie Kaiser shoots the lights out. So there's too many good players around him that I don't want. I You obviously selfishly want it to have it both ways where Jameer Young has an awesome season, and he averages 23 points per game, but Maryland basketball also has an awesome season, and they're playing really good basketball around him. And Julian Reese is also averaging 15 points. Dante Scott's getting 12. Deshaun Harris-Smith and Jamie Kaiser averaging about 10. In a perfect world, that's kind of how you want it. But I don't see it being able to be both ways. Don't get me wrong. It could be. We could have a really good team. And Jameer Young could absolutely be going off too. But I see Maryland as a more balanced team than I see I can see Jameer Young getting the bolts to different people, letting different people cook. That's kind of how I see the Maryland team right now. So I hope the players around him are also going crazy. Like, I love to see Deshaun Harris-Smith have a Big Ten Freshman of the Year type of season, and he's averaging like 14, 15 points per game. And that's going to take away some of the looks. What I'm saying is that's going to take away some of the looks from Jameer Young. Don't get me wrong. It is. And that's okay with me because I think we're balanced enough to win that way. I think we're good enough to win that way. And that's kind of how I see it, and that's kind of how I want it to happen. But overall, I don't think he'll win the award, and I don't think he needs to win the award, and I don't think that will translate to success overall for the Maryland basketball team. Two Terps need to step up for Maryland to get out of this losing streak. There are two players you might not expect. I'll tell you after this ad from Prize Picks. Testing my skills on Prize Picks this football season is the most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. If you have the skills, you can turn $10 into $250 with just a few taps. Prize Picks is the largest independently owned daily fantasy sports platform in North America. We are the easiest and most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. It's just you against the numbers. Instead of battling thousands of other players, including pros and sharks, you pick more than or less than on two to six player stat projections and watch the winnings roll in. Go to prizepicks.com slash locked on college and use code locked on college for a first time deposit. I absolutely need two Terp wide receivers to step up for the Maryland Terrapins and to give us a little extra juice after these two losses to Illinois and Ohio State. 
you might have guessed who I'm talking about. I'm not talking about one of our top three leading receivers. I'm not talking about Jason Jones. I'm not talking about Ty Felton, who's had a breakout year. I'm not talking about Caden Prather. I'm talking about Octavian Smith and Tyrese Chambers need to step up for the Terps to help us get back on track. They've both have been pretty quiet. I'm not going to lie. I came in the year honestly thinking Octavian Smith was going to push so hard to get more snaps and to be on the field. And I kind of expected a little bit of what I've seen from Ty Felton to happen with Octavian Smith. But that hasn't quite happened yet with Octavian Smith. He's had some good games. Don't get me wrong. He has 13 receptions, 447 yards, and his best game was against Michigan State where he had 57 yards. He's done some really good things, but this is why I think he can kind of bring us over the top. Octavian Smith has something that the other three starters don't have and nobody really on the team has at his level. Speed and a downfield threat. I want to throw him on a couple of streaks every single game. Um... And take a shot to Octavian Smith. If you get single high coverage or you get no safeties back there ever, I want to take a shot to this kid. I think he has that game-changing type of ability where if he if you take one shot to him and he gets it, then it changes what the defense has to do when he's out on the field. And he doesn't have to be out there every snap, but when he's out on the field, you can't press coverage. You can't play single high. You can't play no safeties back there. It changes what the defense has to do, and it's just a little spark that could really help the Terps, or you could take a screen, do some good things with the screen, and take that for a 15, 20-yard gain. I'm not asking for Octavian Smith to average 50 yards per game, but I'm asking for him to make a play here and a play there. That's kind of what I expected him to do. And he kind of did that to start the season, but it's definitely cooled down a lot and hasn't happened as much of late. But that's kind of what I want to see Octavian Smith do overall. And then I'm looking at Tyrese Chambers. Huge expectations coming into the year for Tyrese Chambers. We thought it was going to be Caden Prather, Tyrese Chambers, and Jason Jones. And we thought Ty Felton and Octavian Smith were going to have to kind of wait their turn until next year. But that's not what has happened. Ty Felton has clearly outplayed Tyree Chambers for that third wide receiver spot. It hasn't been close. I don't know if there's a problem with the connection between Talia and Tyree Chambers, but Tyree Chambers is still playing snaps. Played not like a ton of snaps, but he played 23 snaps against Illinois. Could get more if he plays better. But we need another pass catcher that could separate. Because one thing I notice is against Indiana, against Michigan State, against... Virginia against those lesser opponents that we have played, it was easy for our receivers to get open. Those guys can easily get open against those secondaries. But when we played Ohio State, that coverage was tight. So when we play Penn State and when we play Michigan, two really good football teams, I don't care what happened to Penn State this weekend, two really good football teams, we're going to need Octavian Smith and Tyrese Chambers to give us a couple of plays here or there. It can just be a reception from Tyrese Chambers. It can just be a simple 10-yard screen for Octavian Smith. But we need a little bit of a gadget play maybe here or there for Octavian Smith. We need some type of production from those two because Tyrese Chambers just hasn't had it. Seven catches for 51 yards. In conference play, he has four receptions for 33 yards. I'm not sure. I've seen Talia target him a couple times, and it just looks like they aren't on the same page. Like when Talia threw the pick against um, Ohio State, 
it was because he laid it on the wrong shoulder of Tyree Chambers. And I'm not blaming it on Tyree Chambers. I thought that was on Talia. But it just seems like there's every time he throws it to him, there's some type of just like not 100% on the same page. And he just hasn't gone on to the same start that the other guys have gone on to, like the transfer Caden Prather has. And, I mean, he's been throwing to Ty Felton and Sean Jones for a while now, so I expect it to I expected Talia to be able to throw the ball to those guys, but it's been a little bit of a slow start for him against um, against Octavian to throwing to Tyrese Chambers and Octavian Smith a little bit. But that's all we have for today. Like and subscribe. We're gonna be talking about football and basketball every weekday, so make sure you're liked and subscribed. But thank you for listening to Locked On Terps. <laughs>